Hey, my friend, welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. My name is Lori Seitz. I'm an entrepreneur, mentor, founder of Zen Rabbit, and your instigator in saying fuck being fine. This show is for those of you who are done living with the dumpster fire and are ready to find the tools and courage to transform, to step into more success and fulfillment in both your personal and business life. You're in the right place for stories of self-discovery, gratitude, and connection. And to help you strengthen that connection to your own inner guidance, you'll find each episode has an accompanying meditation. Now let's get into it. On today's episode, my guest is a man who is the very definition of someone who wears many hats. Raul Benavides is a lifelong entrepreneur who has proudly never had a job where he had to answer to someone else, which has allowed him to live a life of freedom on his terms. We're talking about balancing feminine and masculine energy, accepting failure as part of the dance, and seeing a vision so clearly that you know in your heart it's already a reality. I'm eager for you to hear his philanthropic vision because it is really inspiring. And maybe you have a connection that can help him get there. As you'll hear, Raul truly believes entrepreneurship is all about balance between creativity and vulnerability. His diverse career of making his dreams come true has had many chapters. From graffiti artist to fashion student, to 25 years as an editorial photographer, to artist agent, grip house owner, vinyl record merchant, bug farmer, movie executive producer, chicken whisperer, we didn't talk about that, and now a condiment brand founder. With a passion for sweet heat combinations, Raul's latest venture is Heart Soul Heat. This one product company makes ghost honey. If you haven't tasted this all-natural ghost pepper, vinegar, and honey mashup yet, you are missing out. Mmm, mmm, it is really delicious. And Raul was kind enough to offer listeners of this show 20% off your first order when you go to heartsoulheat.com and use the code FINE at checkout. You can find the link in show notes. Hey, I launched the inaugural small group Fuck Being Fine program last week, and it's going really well. Participants experienced a shift in being in just the first 10 minutes. And by the end of the session, they shared several aha moments and key takeaways. You know I love the key takeaways. I'm so proud of them for taking the time and making their well-being a priority. There's so much more to come over the next eight weeks. If you're interested in finding peace of mind and learning the tools and techniques for staying grounded no matter what's going on around you, you can get in on the next group. It starts in a few weeks. Find out more at zenrabbit.com or text me at 571-317-1463. Hello and welcome to Find is a Four-Letter Word. My guest today is Raul, and I horribly did not ask you how to pronounce your last name before we started recording. <laughs> it's uh, Benavides. Ben, see, I would have guessed that. Raul yeah. Benavides, welcome yeah. to the show. Yeah, nice to be here. Nice to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. Of course. So the first question I always start with is, what were the, the beliefs and values that were instilled in you as you were 
growing up. My parents had been together forever. My father passed away 10 years ago. And um, my parents are kind of like two separate people. They kind of are joined up. My father was the disciplinarian. And his everything was about hard work. And he was also like an old world, like mega provider, you know? And, but his, his family was very kind of broken. And my father was, uh, he's very, very kind of uh, hurt. He, you know, he's never, he never spoke his father's name because he was really abusive. So he, you know, my father's kind of got this story and my father's a whole weird character all by himself. And then my mother is like the light and the love and I think my, my mother's, um, my mother's, the value that I got from my father was hard work. And the value that I got from my mother was kindness and emotional intelligence. And, and somehow they made a, they made a good couple. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was, uh, sort of some good raw materials to work with. Yeah. That's a really great combination to, to have meld into one. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it took me a long time to see it, <laughs> but I, yeah. I, I see it now. Yeah. And, and how did that, those values play out as you were growing up, as you became a young adult? How did you incorporate those into what you were doing, what you started doing, what, how you started your career and your yeah, adult um, life? Oof. I mean, it's, it's a little, it's a little difficult because my, my relationship with my father was, was kind of tough. My father worked, uh, you know, I grew up in Chicago. My parents are immigrants. Um, they came to the country in 70. I was born in 1972. And for most of my father's life in the country, he worked for General Motors. And he's kind of, he had that job that, uh, sort of no longer exists. He was the, he was the, he worked for General Motors and he started in tool and die in the locomotive division and sort of worked his way up and around. And when I turned 18, he said, Hey, um, I got something really great for you. And I was like, okay, well, what do you got? <laughs> you know, and, I, and my, you know, I come also, you know, kind of a son of the late eighties and, uh, you know, very much a, um, lover of punk music and hip hop and very much the rebellious one of, of me and my, my brothers. And he said, I got you a job at General Motors. And I said, uh, no, nah, you gotta be crazy. I'm, I'm not going to General Motors. I'm going to art school. And, uh, he didn't talk to me for two two or three years wow are you the yeah. oldest where are you in the in the hierarchy I'm of the oldest. siblings okay yeah so yeah, of course he was expecting two... you to follow in his footsteps yeah yeah and the interesting part is that my middle brother got the job when he turned 18 okay yeah and he hated it but it was wonderful you know it, it, it got him off the streets yeah in a certain way yeah what drew you to the idea that one you could do something different than your dad, like that you didn't have to follow in his foot. Because I'm asking because a lot of times we want to do the thing, we don't know any different. If he, if that's what he was doing, where was your model for entrepreneurship or for art, you know, the artistics field? Yeah, well, I think it's, you know, it's very different for me. You know, I, I kind of have the very classic first generation story. You know, my parents both had a fourth grade education. They didn't know anyone. You know, it's not like I had, there was no, no, there was no mentors or anything. Mm -hmm. They didn't know anyone that was college educated. They didn't know anyone that was, was, that wasn't exactly like them. So, um, it was, um, it was just kind of like a day by day existence. We weren't, we weren't poor growing up, you know, Yeah. Uh, but, but they worked and and both my parents worked, Uh, but it was very much like, you know, working class. Right. You know, and, and. 
Yeah, that's why I was asking because you decided to do something different and you didn't have necessarily a role model to show you what that would look like. So I'm curious how you decided to go that route. Well, I think it's because I didn't. Okay. Because I didn't, it, the world was wide open. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I also I also grew up in a place, you know, I grew up in a in a gang infested uh, neighborhood. You know, uh, most of the kids I grew up with were in jail or in gangs or had a baby. It um, I, I you know, I had a dream when I was four um of being a photographer, and I I had a twenty five year run a twenty five year run as a photographer. I lived my dream. You know, I, I feel that, um, my gift is, um, is that I love work, but I hate authority. Um, I'm, I've never, I'm not, I don't, you know, I'm not a drug user kind of person. I love work. I'm so passionate about creating and doing things. I, uh, it's, but I'm only passionate about that when it comes to the things that interest me and my, my vision, you know, the idea of going to have a job. And um, getting the same check every Friday, I, that just, I, I, I've never, I'm, I'm literally going to be 50 this year and I've never had a job. Um, yeah, I, um, how, did, how, did the, how does the saying go? Um, I work 80 hours a week so I don't have to work 40. Right. Well, this is why we become entrepreneurs. We don't, we're, we're unemployable because we can't follow rules or work for somebody else. <laughs> but uh, you know, that, that's one thing. But it's also too that um, the thing that drives me, that's always driven me from a little kid, is freedom. Yes, I will do anything for freedom. Right. And uh, I, I'm not worried. Work doesn't phase me. I, 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 whether it's manual, whatever it is, uh, I, I will do whatever needs to get done. How do you define freedom? Um, I define freedom. Um, freedom for me is the ability to have another at bat to fail. You know, yeah. For me, it's it's that freedom is the ability to you know do it again to make the magic again to attempt to make something beautiful if you can't if you aren't in a place where you can make beauty or art then you don't have any freedom okay and then you mentioned the word failure so next question was going to be how do you define failure how do i define failure you know the funny thing about failure is that i have um i have this um this uh, i guess a uh, healthy maybe even super comfortable relationship with failure i um I think about the the pursuit of, of art or the pursuit of creation, the pursuit of a of trying to get an idea into the world, um, very much like a boxer, you know, uh, not in that violent way, uh, not in, not in that I'm interested in beating up someone or I think someone's trying to beat me up, but more to the effect of that, um, you know, my body is the idea and, you know, my right hand glove is creativity and my left hand glove is vulnerability. And I'm trying to carve this idea into existence by wielding these fists into the air, into the whatever. And, um, every now and then you, you get hit in the face and you fall down and, um, or you come to this crossroads where that idea doesn't have any more legs. Either it's no longer valuable to you that, that, that you've, you've tried to express that idea to the fullest and it can't go any farther. Um, or the society or the world, depending if it's a commercial idea, lets you know that that's not going to work, you know. Um, but for me, that there there is no there's no growth without failure, and there's no creation um, without a little destruction. Yes, wasn't it Michelangelo who said that it, when he was carving 
statues or um, that he was he was digging out what was already in there something about that um that the that the the person the statue the thing was already in there in the rock he was just carving it out of it so he wasn't creating something that didn't exist he was exposing like re- yes exposing yeah. i was going to say releasing exposing yeah. what was already in there yeah well, so I, I it think sounds I, a little I, bit I, like what you were saying yeah why, or, or I think of, I think it's a quote from Mike Tyson is that, uh, you always got a plan until you get punched in the face. Right. Right. Yeah. I've heard that one. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then what do you do? Yeah. Right. But I also think that in the boxing metaphor, there is, um, that boxing can also be about grace and form. Um, it could be about discipline and purpose and passion. It doesn't, it, uh, I don't think of this metaphor in a, in a negative way or a violent way or a super masculine way. Absolutely. Uh, I think. Yeah, I also think that you know um, that it takes this balance of the feminine and the and the masculine to to create no matter what you're doing. It's really interesting that you're bringing that up because that has actually been a topic of conversation for me lately in terms of the masculine and the feminine energy and how let's just stop and say no matter what your gender is, we all have feminine and masculine energy. It's that yin and yang, and we don't. It's a a balance. The most balanced people know how to use both of them in different amounts, you know, at different times. And I think a lot of times, a lot of entrepreneurs, myself included, are much more heavily reliant on the masculine energy because that's how our society, that's how the business world has functioned for so long. And that masculine energy is pushing and pushing and making things happen as opposed to allowing the natural flow and the creativity to, um, to tap in. What, what's been your experience in terms of implementing or, or putting to use the balance of those two? Well, I, I mean, they're, they're both, they're just so needed. You know, I, I think that there is, um, for me, and something that I learned, I didn't know, I didn't grow up with it. I didn't grow up with it, this kind of stuff. It just sort of something that you, if you're lucky, you pick up along the way. But when I think about myself and the feminine, I also think about myself and the paying attention to listening, you know, to, to what I'm feeling, but more than anything else to what's happening, you know, uh, to when you create something, there are, there are ripple effects and it's kind of important to pick up on what they are, not in a self-critical way, but in the, um, how can we help or touch more people kind of way? That ability is no doubt what made you such a good photographer, right? You have to be paying attention to. Yeah. 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 But it's also this part that it being a photographer the way that I was in the time that I was, it was a very intimate thing. You know, I people are letting me into their world and if they're artists or writers or what have you, they um they're they have guards up too and and finding a way to diffuse it or to be humbling or to connect with them is uh, very much a feminine energy and very, very much a, a um, you have to disarm them. You know, the, the, the camera in general, the lens, the whole situation is a very masculine uh, maneuver. If you let it be that. Yeah. It can be very intimidating. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So tell me more about your journey. So you were working in amazing capacity as a a photographer for, you said, 25 years, right? Yeah. And so since the name of the show is fine, it's a four-letter word, where in your journey was everything fine but not fine? I mean, um, mean, every every day is kind of that way. I mean, I I, I, um, fine but not fine is is one thing, but I think some of it is that I, um, I am one of those people who 
lives on things that I dream about. And because I do, I can't let negative self-talk eat away at something that I'm working on or what I'm doing towards that idea. Um, there is kind of, um, I think of it like a, a dam. And on the other side is everything you've ever wanted. Success in any way that you picture it. Beauty and everything that you ever wanted. All, all, the, all the things. And on the opposite side is some acid that's picking away at your idea, picking away at your self-image, picking away at your dreams, telling you you can't or you shouldn't, or why do you have the audacity of bringing this idea into the universe? Who do you think you are? All of that stuff lives in me. I don't know how other people do whatever. And um, I have to, um, for myself, what other people pick up and whoever they are is another thing. These battles of creativity and vulnerability are a battle in myself that I, I also need to wake up and say that I'm fine, even if I have no idea what I'm going to do or how I'm going to do it. Or I am a man on a gravel road and I need to get up this mountain and I don't even have any gym shoes. I need to manifest shoes, maybe running shoes, maybe a bicycle. And while I'm manifesting... Might as well make that a motorcycle. Right. Let's make it easier. Yeah, because if because if I don't, then I will look down and my feet will be bleeding and this mountain will be nowhere. No, I will be nowhere on top of the mountain. So it is a, a different than the way that you think about fine. But it is, I, sometimes I have to um, fantasize myself into fine as a survival mechanism. Right. Well, yes, fine, better than fine. Because fine is that place where everything is, it's okay. It's kind of complacent. But you, you, from what you've said in our conversation before and today, complacent is not, does not fit in your playbook. <laughs> yeah, I, I always think too, like, like, um, you know, my clock is ticking, you know, uh, the, 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 there's only, you know, uh, nothing is guaranteed. And, um, if you're going to be in the zone of creativity, um, might as well see how far it takes you. And um, I can't let that negative self-talk or other things uh, affect me, um, even if it's all pure fantasy. That's where it starts, is in some fantasy visualization, imagination, that the imagination, it was Walt Disney who said that imagination is a preview of coming events, I believe. That's where it all has to start. What are some of the tools that you've used to keep yourself in that positive focus? I think, um, you know, doing everything I can to be present, even though the way that I'm, the way that I'm picturing this thing, this, this dream-like sort of like a, a state that I'm talking about doesn't sound present. It, it is extremely present. It, it is It is kind of like I'm dealing with the now. And instead of letting the now, um, the now be um, something that defeats me, I'm making the now into the moment of gratitude. Yeah. Now I'm here. Now I'm still in this race. I'm still in this journey. This dream is still viable. I am loved. I'm, I feel great. I... Um, but you know, the mountain's still there, but the, I'm not going to let the mountain take away from the beauty that I have now. Does that make sense? It makes complete sense. And it's something I think most people struggle with is living in the now because really now is all we have. You can't live in the past. You can't live in the future. Although people 
spend a lot of time trying to do that. They, they worry mm-hmm. about things that have happened that they can't change because they're in the past, can't change the past, or they worry about things that may or may not happen in the future. And they're not focused on living in this very moment which is what you're talking about. And that's where your power is. Yeah. And I also think it's one of those things like, I don't, I don't fear the failure. So I'm not, I'm not trying to be too ahead in, in the failure that happened yesterday. I'm not trying to be too behind. I'm, I know that they're part of the dance, you know, I'm not trying to welcome them, but I, I also know that they're characters in this play. Yes. I love that. The failure is part of the dance. Brilliant. Speaking of the now, let's talk a little bit about what, what the reason you and I met was because I found your current company, the company that you're building now, and we were talking about uh, your product and sponsorship and all that good stuff. And so I want to talk about how you got into building this company, because tell me, tell me how that came about. And I want to talk also about what your product is and how delicious it is. (laughs) Yeah. uh, um, Well, my my new, my new project, uh, my new company is is a very much a COVID baby. You know, um, I, um, like I told you, I, I was a photographer for 25 years, and then um, I owned a grip house, which is like a, a lighting rental company for photographers. I ran that for 10 years, and it was very successful, and the, the, you know, the world kept changing, and it's like, oh, it's a good time to get out of it. Um, I, um, I was an executive producer on, a, on an indie film that was fun, and I owned a record store for three years, and um, then I started, then I was like, okay, I've I, I been longing to do something tactile. So I started this bug farm. Okay. And I made these I made these super high protein bugs that I oven dried and they were used as a supplement for hobby farmers. Okay. I don't know how I got there. I just <laughs> I got there because I I just got there. I haven't you know, talked like to I, anybody who's had this yeah, career. Yeah. So my, well, more than anything else is that what I what I what I've been longing to do is do a project with more reach. And that's kind of how I got to my new company, which is called Heart Soul Heat. I, uh, because I'm the oldest son, and uh, my parents used to have a restaurant, and my grandfather started a candy company in 1940 in, in Monterrey, Mexico. It, and it's still around now. It's called La Gardenia, the garden. And they make um, sort of like a sugar gumdrops, sugar okay. kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, kind of, like gummy like a Mex- sugar Like a Mexican... Treats. Yeah, yeah. Or like a Mexican Brock. Okay. You know, remember the company Brock? Yeah, I don't know if it's yeah. still around. It's, it, yeah, it, it is. It was in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I had a dream. It was COVID and I don't know. It was kind of like longing for a new project. And I don't, out of nowhere, this dream about my grandfather and uh, a condiment company and the name Heart Soul Heat all came into focus. And um, I was like, okay. And I was like, and I've, I've had a couple of these these visions and these dreams in my life, and they've always served me well. Uh, for me, it's kind of like if I'm if I'm tuned in enough to listen, it always it just always has been a wonderful platform to start something. So you're talking about like a dream, like you were asleep and had a dream. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted clarification. Yeah. Yeah. I had. A, yeah. I was asleep and had a dream. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And, um, I've been, I've been making every meal and I started, um, for me, I'm really passionate about, um, sweet heat combinations and, um, I just, it all kind of came in. I was, I had some ghost peppers that I was growing in, in my garden and, uh, I made a mash like a, a ghost peppers and vinegar and I, um, infused some honey with it. And I was like, Oh, this is amazing. And then I started doing it on a bigger and bigger scale. And, um, 
then I was like, I shared it with some friends and they're like, you got something hot here. This is something worth doing. And, um, it, there it is. It was born. Wow. And so I started, yeah, I started, uh, I, I knew that the company was called Hartzell Heat. I looked online and I bought the domains and all that stuff. And then I started, there was a bunch of like, um, hot sauce review places, like review websites, Instagrammers. So I sent as many as I can find a bottle, no label, no nothing. I'm thinking about making this new project. What do you think? And it all, everyone came back with totally positive reviews. And I was like, okay, this now it's like kind of undeniable. And yeah. Uh, so at this moment, I have a one product company, um, which is um, Hartzell Heat. The product's called Ghost Honey. It's a, a three ingredient hot honey. Um, it's, a, it's incredibly easy. And I, I love the idea that when you have really good ingredients, you just get out of the way. Yes. I completely you know? agree. It's because it doesn't need, that's what makes it so good is that it's, I don't want to say basics makes it sound, it's, it's just, yeah, you just have some good stuff and you mix it together and then you have something even better. Yeah. Like yeah. we don't so, need all um, this, this, like the fake food. Well, no, 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 of course not. No, that, that's, that, well, some of it is also too that, you know, everyone's dr- driven by, there's different things in there. I, I'm, I'm not driven by making money. I'm interested in making things and making connections, you know? So yeah, I mean, what my, my goal for, for Heart Soul Heat is, is that I'm interested in using it as a platform for philanthropy. You know, imagine doing like a, a limited run hot sauce or limited run jelly or spicy jelly or I'm not even sure what with an artist or a musician. And like every dollar goes to like No Kid Hungry. I love that. Yeah. That's what that's what I'm really passionate about. I think that sometimes if you're lucky enough, you this for me, like this company isn't a company about hot honey. Of course, I love it. I'm passionate about it. I want to, you know, get it as far and wide as possible. But I, I am interested in companies as platforms for other things that aren't obvious. I mean, I'm really passionate about inner city arts programs. I'm just, I'm over here taking notes. People <laughs> sorry, are like, sorry. what's happening here? I'm just thinking, I'm, I'm like, got all these ideas because I love what you're doing. You know, my first business when I started out on my entrepreneurial journey, I was selling a product called the Gratitude Cookie. And it was based on a family recipe, kind of a cross between a butter and a sugar cookie. And I was packaging it as a way for businesses to say thank you to their clients and people who sent them referrals. And like you, very basic ingredients like real honey. I mean, not honey. Now I'm thinking honey on mind. Real, real sugar, <laughs> real butter, real vanilla, uh, the good stuff, which is why they were so good. And having a... Um, a portion of profits donated to philanthropic endeavors. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I, I love the whole idea of a small uh, entrepreneur food business because they, they just, there's so much passion behind it. Like you have a whole story and I had a story with mine and it's just, it, it brings an, another layer of complexity or not uh, uh, meaning to what you're doing. It's not just another product on the shelf. Well, some of it is and the beauty about being so small is that you get to be nimble. The part that's so fun is that like you can, you can do, you know, direct message somebody on, on Instagram and you could put things into motion so fast and, uh, in, in a certain way, have such a true connection with people that you don't know in, in a way that's just, um, uh, 
really powerful and just and humbling in, in, in a way that big companies could never do. Right. And so when people think that they're too small to have an impact, it's actually a benefit to be small because like you said, you're nimble. You can have a, a, a tighter connection with your yeah. audience. But I also think, yeah, but it's also, it, it is all about who, you know, we're all so different. It's about who we are and what our world vision is. Right. You know, it, uh, because I, I was a photographer and because I rented equipment to photographers, I ended up being the medium for creation. So I'm like, okay, you know, we can do this in a different way. And um, I just love the idea of doing a limited run. You know, imagine 10,000 uh, Lizzo super sauce, saucy sauce, and every dollar goes to empowering inner city dance programs. You know, there's so many things, so many. And, and who doesn't want to get behind that? Especially if it's part of the culture that you already have. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So have you reached out to her? I haven't reached out to her, but I've reached out to a couple of people. But okay, cool. They're undisclosed at this point. But now that you yeah. just said that, we're putting it out to the universe and we'll see what comes back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, the idea of uh, doing something with a musician that isn't necessarily connected to a food brand and then everything goes to like inner city music programs. Oh, my heart just, just melts. That's awesome. I'm just I, – I'm – I'm going to squeeze this thing together and it's going to be a diamond that you will be like, oh my God, he did it. I <laughs> that can is, see that it. Is I, plan. I see yeah. your vision as clear. Well, maybe not as clearly as you, but I see it pretty clearly. And I, I have no doubt you're going to make this a, a reality. It already is. It already is. Because when you can see it, it is already a reality. Yeah. Was well, that whole thing? If you can't see it, you can't be it. There you go. So speaking of yeah. music, let's let's wrap this up with what is the song that you go to when you need an extra boost of energy? You know um, what? Uh, I mean, I like I said, I used to own a record store and all these things. I grew up in Chicago, but the most important time for me in American music is New York City based 1968 to 1988. Okay. Disco, new wave, post-punk the beginning of hip hop and um, I am in love with this band called Television. I'm I don't know familiar. if you know the band Television. I'm not. They have this epic record called Marquee Moon. Okay. And uh, yeah, Marquee Moon is that is my jam. I have to go look this up now cuz I'm yeah. so intrigued. Yeah, so uh Tom Verlaine that was in that band uh, used to write stuff with Patty Smith. Uh-huh. Uh, Richard Richard Hell was in that band and Richard Hell and the Voidoids. Did the blank generation. You know, I can nerd out on, on music forever. But, <laughs> I love but Mark, it. I love Mark. Marky Moon is like, I can hear it anywhere. And I'm literally like, just energy level is up. And I might literally the back of the, my hair just tingles. It's amazing. Cool. Well, we'll, I will put a link to that in the show notes. So everyone can go listen and become familiar with it. The other thing I'd like to do is put a link to how people can get in touch with you. So what is the yeah. best way to do that and to get a, get their hands on um, heart, soul, heat and the ghost honey? Because that stuff yeah, so is good. I didn't say this before, but you, you <laughs> sent me a bottle and I used it this past weekend on a shrimp and vegetable dish and it was delicious. So I, I got it. I want everybody listening to run out. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> buy a bottle of this stuff because I, I it's it's good. You won't be sorry. Yeah. So how can they get it? A little a little goes a long way. Uh, you can go to heartsoulheat.com and uh, I, I'm a I'm really love. I'm on I'm on Instagram, heartsoulheat.com. Um, 
And if anyone's interested in talking about entrepreneurship or hip hop or, or New York City post punk, uh, they can send me a DM okay. on Instagram. Uh, I uh, I'm open uh, to, to chatting with anyone who's uh, has a similar uh, journey or is looking for some inspiration. Awesome. Well, I, like I said, I will put links in the show notes to all of that and. Thank you so much for joining me today, Raul, on fine is a four-letter word. Thank you. What a pleasure. Okay. So who has connections to an artist or musician who would be interested in doing a limited run product and giving the proceeds to an inner city dance or music program? Putting it out there because you never know. Here are five key takeaways. Number one, I've been intrigued by people's definition of freedom lately. Raul said freedom for him is the ability to have another at-bat to fail because there's no growth without failure. Freedom is the opportunity to make magic, to make something beautiful. And if you're not in a place where you can make beauty or art, then you don't have any freedom. Number two, we touched on the concept of balancing feminine and masculine energy in all endeavors. Like even in boxing, there's a grace and form, the feminine, combined with the masculine discipline, action, and strength. In ancient Chinese philosophy, this is the concept of yin and yang. Number three, sometimes when you're going through hardship, you have to fantasize yourself into fine as a survival mechanism, but you don't stay there. If you have to be fine to get through something hard on the way to a better place for yourself, that's okay. Number four, One of the tools Raul said he used to keep a positive focus is being present. He recognizes what's happening in his present world and if it's not exactly what he'd like, instead of allowing it to be something that defeats him, he sees the beauty in it and makes it into a moment of gratitude. Number five, we were talking about the simple basic ingredients in the ghost honey. He said, When you have really good ingredients, you just get out of the way. This goes for other aspects of life as well. There's nothing wrong with being basic and of the highest quality. Speaking of that ghost honey, I've been using it in stir fry. I put some on pancakes. I mixed a little into a vanilla protein drink. This stuff is good. It's not super spicy, just the perfect amount of heat. He's got a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go get some at heartsoulheat.com. Use the code FINE, F-I-N-E, FINE, at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's heartsoulheat.com. Thanks for being here and subscribing to FINE is a four-letter word. Please share this show with a friend or colleague. If you're feeling especially generous, leave a review so other people like you can discover the show too. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and all the major podcast directories. You can join me on social too. On Instagram, it's zen underscore rabbit. You can find links to the other platforms at zenrabbit.com. Before you go, remember to take a moment to think about what you're grateful for today. Lastly, you can find this week's meditation queued up right after this episode. And if no one's told you this week, I'm proud of you. Take good care.